Hi, this is Brett and welcome to Optimize. Let's talk about six questions that will help you build a world-class team. So the big question is, how are entrepreneurs like us who have too much to do and too little time able to build both the business and the life of our dreams? That's the question. And on this podcast, we'll explore the journey to the answer. My name is Brett Ingram, entrepreneur and award-winning product creator. I chose to build a business and have a time for a personal life, and I want to help you do the same. Welcome to Optimize. No matter what your business is, no matter what your industry, if you ever have a desire to grow beyond being a one-man or one-woman show, one of the challenges you'll face, and it's probably the most important challenge, is how to build a world-class team. You can hire people, for sure. You can outsource the actual act of doing that isn't really that difficult, although doing it right is far more difficult. Um, but the most important element of it is that you're going to need to be able to attract and keep great talent around you if you want to be able to build a world-class team and take your business, take your dream to new heights and new levels. Because it's impossible to do everything on your own. There's no way that you can be the best marketer and the best salesperson and the best product you know, producer and the best you know, customer support rep. It's just literally impossible for one person to either do it all if your business is of any size or just be the best at it. I mean, even if you physically had the capability because you don't have that many customers or that large a business, there's no way that you could be the best at every role in your business. You know, there are people out there that have capabilities and experience that would be able to do elements of what you're doing better than you can. Um, and that's true of all of us. You know, I have my strengths. I have areas where I struggle and I have things that I'm good at, but yet there are still people that are better. And so that is sort of the challenge. You know, when you are ready to expand, when you really want to be able to build, but do it in a way that's sustainable and profitable, you need to be able to do it by building a team that's better than just extra people on the, you know, in the, in the company. They've got to be able to be a value add where the sum is greater than the parts. So one question is, among our stronger employees, how many see themselves at the company in three years? How many would leave for a 10% raise from another company? And the value of this question is that even if you haven't hired anybody yet, it gets you thinking forward, thinking ahead about what value do you offer employees? What value do you offer team members? You know, it's very easy as a business owner to feel as though, well, you know, we're giving you a job, right? We're giving you a salary. So, I mean, that's the value. That isn't enough for people that are very good at what they do. For people that are very good at what they do, they want to feel like they're a part of something bigger. They want to feel like they're a part of something more. And they want to feel like they always have an opportunity and room to grow and contribute where they are. So no matter how much you write their check for, if it's a high achieving person, they will not stick around very long if they don't feel like there's more for them there than just money. And so Getting, you know, these this sort of two-part question hits at, you know, you're the better people. Would they see a career? Would they see a reason to stick around with your company? 
and how many could be easily lured away for a little bit of extra money. Because that means there are issues inside your company in terms of what you offer. And you want to fix that stuff. So when you get the right people, you're, you're not a, only able to attract them to want them to take the job, but to keep it. Because the worst thing is hiring somebody who you think is a home run. You love them. They're doing a great job. And then they turn around and leave, particularly for a competitor. Um, that's a gut punch. The second question is, do we have the right people on the bus? High-level question, you're basically evaluating. You know, again, we there, there's a sense of inertia. There's a sense of, you know, if things are going okay, why would we evaluate? Why would we change anything? Why not just keep things going the way that they are? But the reality of it is, you know, you want to know that you're achieving at the highest level, that you're maximizing your productivity and your efficiency, and that you have everybody pulling in the same direction. You know, we've all been in a workplace where there may even be someone who's a good worker. And so they're, they're there, but they have a toxic attitude. There's something about them where they bring other people around them down. There's, they're sort of like a black cloud hanging around them every time they go around. And if they happen to be very good at what they do, the challenge is management often will keep them around because they're, quote, productive, you know, if, if they're not good at their job and they're toxic, most likely those people won't stick around long. But the dangerous ones are the ones that are actually good at what they do, but they're toxic because management is hesitant to fire them. You know, they're, they're producing, so why would we get rid of them? But the reality is, again, they're going to destroy the corporate culture. And those types of people are also going to drive out the high achievers. So you want to look at that question from the perspective of, personality and productivity. You know, not only are the people that we have in the roles doing the right stuff, are they doing it the right way? And are they all pulling in the same direction? The third question is, do we aggressively reward and promote the people who have the biggest impact on creating excellent products? And it doesn't have to be creating excellent products. It could just be have the biggest impact in our business. You know, again, if, if an employee doesn't come and complain you know, a, a warning sign for you as a manager, a, an owner, or um, a CEO of a company is if the only way you make changes for people is if they come to you and complain. And maybe you feel as though you're responsive because when they do complain, you do something about it. Well, that's better than not doing anything about it, but you're waiting too long. Good people will not stick around and continue to complain to get what they want. Good people will complain a little bit maybe, and then they'll just pick up and go somewhere else because good people are going to be in demand everywhere. They never are, you know, struggling to find work. They're always able to find a job. So the, we as employers need to do better to attract them and keep them. And by the way, this applies to outsourcers as well. You know, great outsourcers know their value and will not be the cheapest ones on the block but also they're not going to deal with problem clients. You know, we don't hold the ultimate currency thinking, well, I'm paying, so you're going to deal with me. They won't. You know, I've known outsourcers who will tell clients, um, I can't work with you. You know, I've known outsourcers who will evaluate you and your business model before they're willing to work with you because they have standards and they only want to work with people where it's going to be a win-win. So you need uh, something in place where you are recognizing and rewarding the people 
that are having an impact, that will keep them happy. That will keep them there. Money is like the sixth lowest thing on the list in terms of what motivates people. Money motivates people for about two weeks. Once they receive their first paycheck at their new salary level, it's no longer a motivator. That's just a statistical fact. So you need things outside of just throwing money at people to get them to stick around. Obviously, they need to be making at least market value and what they could get elsewhere. Otherwise, it's a demotivator. But money in and of itself is not a motivator. The fourth question is, are you satisfied with your current role? And if not, what's missing from it? This is a great question to ask employees, especially um, in off-cycle review times. You can always ask this at a at a job review or at an outsourcing review. But if you only do that every six months or every year, it's too long. It's too late. You know, people that are dissatisfied will have already have a foot out the door looking for something else. So to try to change it after they've made up their mind to leave isn't going to help. If you're proactive and you have, you know, a quarterly sit down, at least with your, you know, highest level uh, producers or, or management team or whatever, and you ask this question, you have the opportunity to head problems off at the pass and fix them before the things that become terminal that's going to make the person disgruntled and want to leave. And so it's important not only that you evaluate things from an internal perspective and what you're doing as an employer and as a company, but also get feedback from the actual people that are working for you and working in your business. Again, even if it's outsourcers. You know, see what what is what you could do to do better, because also that's going to make you a more attractive employer. So it's going to make it easier for you to attract better talent all the way around. The next question I, I really love because it's sort of subtle, um, but it hits at the heart of something really important. And it's what happens at this company when people fail. So oftentimes, um, you know, in my experience, I've been busy, so when I hire people and I bring them on, it's typically in an outsourcing capacity. And unfortunately, you know, I'll give them a little bit of help along the way, but I require them to be pretty independent pretty quickly. And that's, you know, a downfall on my own, my own you know, admission. But what ends up happening is when they don't do well, um, you know, I'll give them a little bit of slack, but then I ultimately just replace them because I don't really have time to deal with it. But in all honesty, that's not a great approach. Um, obviously, you do need to replace people if they're failing consistently. But the question is, do you have a process for this? If you bring somebody in, whether it's an employee or an outsourcer, and it's you know their first week on the job, and you've done the onboarding, and they're doing their thing, and they aren't doing well, what is the process? Do you just sit there and wait? and hope it's going to improve, and then fire them if it doesn't? Do you just deal with it and keep paying them even though they're not doing a good job? Do you fire them instantly the minute that you don't get something that you want? Evaluate yourself, evaluate your process, and see what happens. You know, sometimes when it's sort of like a disgruntled customer, sometimes they're your greatest advocate. If you could turn around a customer who's upset and make them happy, they will be your biggest evangelist they will be your biggest marketing campaign you've ever had because they will go out and tell other people how great you are. And employees can be the same thing. Outsourcers can be the same thing. You know, if they are struggling in some capacity, but it's solvable, it's fixable. It's not a technical deficiency where they didn't have the chops for the job that you hired them for, but rather maybe 
you didn't give them the infrastructure or they needed a little bit of hand-holding or a little more direction, and you get them and steer the ship right and fix it, they will not only be loyal oftentimes to you and your company, but they'll also go above and beyond to do the job right. So have a process. You know, what does happen at your company when people, outsourcers or employees fail? And what is your process for that? And then the last question is, do your employees have the opportunity to do what they do best every day? And this goes back to the sort of happiness meter, um, the sort of keeping world-class talent happy to be where they are and motivated and excited. If people are, regardless of the skill level of somebody and regardless of their talent level, if they're consistently forced to do things they don't want to do or things that don't give them a sense of value or that they don't feel they do as well as the stuff that they do, they're not likely to stay happy for long. When I was in IT consulting um, as a director, we had a consultant who was this really brilliant consultant and every client always loved him. He went above and beyond and he was just, you know, head and shoulders above what they ever expected and he was really expensive. And so these guys would always get sticker shock when they saw what, what he was going to cost. And then as soon as he started to work for them, they were like, oh, we get why he's so expensive. He's awesome. And, you know, our own company who, you know, we did outsourcing, um, ultimately put him in a situation where we sat him in a role for too long that was not that fulfilling. And he wasn't a complainer. He wasn't a rabble rouser. He didn't say much. He mentioned it once or twice. And then he didn't really say a lot because he knew that he had options. But when we didn't fix it, he resigned. And he went to go work for a client where he felt like he had more um, pull in the company and more say. And, you know, this was a great guy who was a great employee and an asset for the company. But the reality of it is we weren't putting him in a position where he was happy. He was productive. He was making the company a lot of money. He was getting paid. So he was, you know, quote, gainfully employed and productive, but he wasn't fulfilled. And for people like that, if they aren't fulfilled, they're going to leave. So you want to make sure that they have the opportunity to do what they do best every day. And if you take those, those questions and you ask, you know, your team them and you ask yourself them and your management team or whoever else you have to make sure that your company addresses all of those issues, you will find that you're able to build and retain, which is equally important to building, a world-class team. When you have a world-class team, the sky is the limit for what you're capable of as a company. And it makes your job a thousand times easier as the CEO or the captain of the ship. Be sure to subscribe so you get every episode and share it with a friend. And until next time, remember, no matter what you want from your business and your life, don't compromise, optimize.